Hey guys, this is the Good Daughter Podcast. We're here to help women or people who feel constrained or conflicted by their cultural upbringing. I'm Misha Good, and I'm going to give you my advice on how you can overcome your cultural conditions to create a life on your own terms, because you're more than just a good daughter. So how many of these things sound familiar to you? I'm curious. Changing into a different outfit when your parents aren't looking. Having a secret boyfriend that your parents, your siblings, your cousins know nothing about. Going swimming in a t-shirt and shorts because you're not allowed to wear a bathing suit. Saying you're spending the night at a friend's house when actually you're somewhere else. You're going out to a party. You're going to the dance. You're going to the movies with a boy. Just anything. You're really just hiding everything from your family and you're living two separate lives. Your mom goes through your room when you're not home. Your parents saw some pictures of you that were not safe for mama and baba to see, and now all hell is about to break loose. You're being told you're getting too old and it's time for you to get married because pretty soon it's going to be too late and no one is going to want to marry you. College isn't an option and you have to go. You better be a doctor or a lawyer. The list goes on and on and on, my friends. And I think this stuff, these things are funny to think about now that I'm older. But I remember when I was younger, when I was a teenager, when I was in junior high, you know, being in the thick of it, it always felt like the world was ending and it made me feel like I just needed to get away far, far, far away from all the rules and from the watchful eyes of my parents who were always watching, always listening, always waiting for me to mess up and make a mistake. Like I literally could not just wait to get so far away so that I could live life on my own terms because the things that I wanted, the way I wanted to be, didn't seem so bad and so out there to me because it was very much in line with the way other American teenagers or junior high girls or young college girls were behaving. But for some reason, it was just so out of line with what my parents wanted for me. So growing up, I think a lot of people who knew me while I was growing up and a lot of people who know me now would probably be really shocked to learn that I really struggled with fitting in during my teen and young adult years. And honestly, it's because the expectations at home versus the way my friends were being raised were just so vastly different. And it was really hard when you're being raised one way, but you're also very exposed to a completely different way of life. And especially if you feel that the other way that you're seeing, the other side of things seems like a better fit for you. I remember a lot of situations where the contrast between my friends and I was really apparent. 
And the contrast really just between my family and the other families kind of in our orbit, in our society, in our little local city. Um, One event that stands out in particular was at a soccer game. And I was in high school. I think I was a junior or a senior and I was on this spring select AYSO team. And we were at a soccer tournament in San Diego. And my team was being asked to switch our jerseys because of a you know color conflict with the other team. And so all of us girls, the whole team, we went over to the sideline. We all took our jerseys off and put the correct jersey on. And so when we took our jerseys off, we were all, you know, in our sports bras. But that's a very kind of standard practice for female athletes. And my mom was so livid and so mad that I had taken my jersey off, even though all my other teammates did it. It's just so common in soccer. Like if you're playing and you have to switch jerseys, you just pull it off and put the other one on and it's not a big deal. But my mom was so upset that she literally got up and she left the tournament. I think she left the whole tournament, not just the game. Like she left. And I was so taken aback and so shocked. And also my teammates noticed how mad she was and that she left. Everyone was so confused because all the other girls did it and none of their parents got mad. But for some reason, my mom was just so upset. And, you know, it was really embarrassing, I think, for both of us. It was embarrassing for her because she was mad that I took my jersey off and I you know, kind of violated her morals and the morals she wanted me to abide by. And I was upset and embarrassed because she's leaving for something that I did that all my teammates did and none of their parents are leaving. So why can't you just relax and be like everyone else? Why do you have to get so mad about this? It just didn't make any sense. But I think it was situations like that that really kind of led me to being sneaky or deceitful. I hate that word. I hate the word deceitful. But really, I think situations like that are what made me resort to doing things behind my parents' backs, like changing my clothes when they weren't listening or wearing a jacket or like layers of clothing so that I could be wearing what I wanted to be wearing underneath. And they wouldn't see. And so if they don't see, then they can't say anything. And if they don't say anything, that means I'm not in trouble. (laughs) Just this idea that what they don't know won't hurt them and won't hurt me in return. And that type of sneakiness, I think I really struggled with. And I'm sure a lot of girls from similar backgrounds and similar religious backgrounds can appreciate that dynamic and how hard that is. I very much believe that hyper strict parents raise sneaky kids. If you put your child in a situation where they feel like they can't be themselves in front of you, they're going to do what they have to to be themselves when you're not around. So I think with my own kids, I'm trying to establish a parenting style that looks more like I'm giving them the information that they need to make the right decisions. I'm going to give them the freedom to make their own choices, obviously within reason, keeping safety and their health at the forefront. But if I put them in a position 
where they feel like they need to hide things or be sneaky, then we're both losing. I'm losing as a mom and you're losing as my child because you feel like you're not safe with me. You can't trust me and I don't trust you. And that my love is conditional based on you following all the rules that I have for you. And really, I think a mom's job is to provide their child with unconditional love. And if you have so many rules and everything's prohibited, then the love doesn't feel unconditional anymore. I think for me, and I wonder how many of you can also relate to this, I could never manage to fit in or be friends with kids that were from the same background as me, same ethnicity or same religion, because I was so worried of their judgment. And I was so worried that they would judge me or that they would tell their parents things about me. And then that would get back to my parents. And I just felt like other than religion or ethnicity, I didn't have anything in common with those kids. And it was also really hard for me to see them being so submissive or so obedient to their parents when I knew that I wasn't that way. And I knew that I was doing things that my parents did not approve of. And I don't know if it made me feel guilty or if it made me feel like you don't have a backbone and you, or you're not yourself. You're just whatever your parents want you to be. I think maybe if I had made more of an effort to be friends with people who were from similar ethnicities or the same religion that I was growing up in, I might have had an easier time. I might have had more of an outlet. And I think I really isolated myself because I was so into the idea of being different, of being American and not wanting anything to do with where I come from. I think it was actually really frustrating for my parents that all my friends were literally of every religion and of every ethnicity except for my own. I mean, for example, my best friend growing up, and he's still my best friend to this day, is Jewish. (laughs) And they were probably like, that's great, but why can't you just find a nice Muslim girl to be friends with? And every time they would introduce me to a girl my age who was Muslim or Pakistani, I would just find every reason to not want to be friends with that girl. And I think that was incredibly frustrating for my parents because as hard as they were trying to reel me in is as hard I was pushing back. So it was just this constant dynamic of them trying to get me to conform and me just pushing back out of the mold to the best of my ability. I think a lot of those situations made me feel like I could just never make my parents happy. I mean, I wonder, have you ever felt that you aren't capable of making your parents happy? Genuinely, to this day, I wonder if my parents ever looked at me when I was growing up and thought, she's a good daughter. Maybe now they think that, Now that I'm married and I have kids and I have a great career, but I'm sure that when I was growing up, I was probably the bane of their existence. And I think that's a really hard place for a child to be in, to feel like your parents' happiness is something that you can't contribute to. And not only can you not contribute to it, you make them so angry and so frustrated. But if you were to do everything that they wanted, to make them happy, 
you wouldn't be happy. You would feel unfulfilled or you'd feel like you were missing out or you'd feel like you really didn't have the freedom or the space to be yourself or to explore the things you want to explore. So what do you do when you're in this situation? When you feel like every aspect of your life is being micromanaged or being controlled or being dissected, you know, under a microscope. You find yourself living two different lives, one that is kosher or halal that your family is allowed to see, and the other one that is so secret and so hidden. And if anyone found out, all hell would break loose. Nobody likes feeling deceitful. And honestly, the fear of getting caught is so stressful and just a weight that nobody wants to carry. And I know that I carried that my entire life until I lived separately from my parents. And at that point, I just, even though I had freedom, even though I had space and I was on my own and I was financially independent, I still really struggled with being honest with them about the things I was doing because they couldn't really see anymore because, you know, we weren't living under the same roof. So when your life is like this and you're living two different lives, it can't be healthy. It's not healthy for you to have all these secrets and to constantly have that stress of getting found out. So what would happen if you or I just said no? We just said no to all the rules and all the restrictions. And we just said, I'm going to wear that. I'm going to go there. I'm going to talk to her or him. I'm going to be friends with this person. I'm not doing anything dangerous. I'm not doing anything illegal, but I'm going to live and do the things that I want to do. I'm not saying that you say no to all the rules and the boundaries because that's not realistic. And as a mom, I know that children need structure and they need rules and they need boundaries. But what if we could find a way for our parents and us to create rules and boundaries that were in line with the society that we live in. Kids and teenagers need curfews and restrictions on social media usage, and they need to be safe. But how important is it really in the long term to do things like restrict clothing and restrict wearing bathing suits at the beach or pool and micromanage all your child's friends or if they're dating, if they're talking to boys, is it really that important in the long term? So what would the consequences be if you said no to the rules? Would your parents cut you off financially? Do they threaten to kick you out? Would they actually kick you out? I know that those are things that I considered. And ultimately, the fear of those consequences led me to decide that it was probably better just to be secretive and do things behind my parents' back because the idea of not having any money or being cut off financially, not having access to my car or having to find a way to like pay for my own cell phone bill in high school, you know, those things just seemed really difficult and moving in with a friend just didn't seem like a great option either. Although that did happen quite a few times to me. I did get into it with my parents and whether they kicked me out or I just said, I'm leaving and packed my bag. I did find myself staying at a friend's house a couple of times. So I had a great friend growing up in high school and 
her mom was really great to me as well. And we were really close and she was almost like a second mom to me. And honestly, she knew more things about me than my own mom did. And I was really close with her and I could kind of tell her anything and everything. So she was very aware of, you know, my family dynamics. She also knew my family really well because of soccer. Um, My friend played on the same club team that I did. And so she knew my parents and they knew her. And, and so a couple of times I found myself showing up on their doorstep with a bag of clothes and no car and no money. And they would take me in and they would treat me, you know, like I was one of their own. And after, you know, a few weeks of that, my parents would show up and talk to her, talk to me, convince me to go back home. But honestly, it was just this perpetuating cycle that happened on and off for many years until I finally got a really great start in my career and was making enough money to just support myself financially and move out and live on my own. And I think in my culture and in my religion, girl moving out of her parents' house before she's married is very frowned upon and it's not very common, but it's something that I did. And it honestly really improved my relationship with my parents when we had some space, when they didn't have the ability or the need to always be worrying about what I was doing, who I was talking to, where I was, what I was wearing. When that ability for them to micromanage was cut off and the need for me to be very sneaky ended, I think our relationship really found some peace finally. And we had the ability to have a relationship built more on mutual respect, even though they kind of had to come to the realization that I wasn't going to be this perfect Pakistani Muslim daughter that they wanted. And I wasn't going to be completely on the other side of things either. I was going to be somewhere in the middle. We were able to develop a better relationship. I knew that my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. And I knew that they wanted me to marry a Muslim guy from a really good family. And they wanted him to also be a doctor or a lawyer. And they wanted him to be ultra educated and they wanted him to be a pillar of the community so that inshallah, I would also become a pillar of the community. (laughs) That was just never going to happen. I knew that I didn't have the patience or the ability to just swallow everything that I wanted in favor of the things my parents wanted for me. And I knew that I wasn't able to marry someone who was going to hold me to the same standards that my parents had tried to hold me to my whole life, and that that was just a recipe for disaster. And so I also didn't want to just cut off my family. I didn't want to cut off my parents or my sisters or my cousins and become a complete outcast or outsider. I didn't want to be exiled because I actually love my parents and I love my sisters and I love my cousins and I love being part of this huge family that I'm a part of. And I really love aspects of my culture and my heritage and my religion. I really wanted to be part of this world, but I also wanted to be myself. 
And so many times these two things were just in direct conflict and they could not be reconciled with each other. My parents wanted and tried so hard to enforce all of those things on me. And ultimately, I just did what I wanted. And I disappointed and frustrated them in the process for many years. And I disappointed and frustrated myself in that process. But now, the moral to this story is I'm actually very happy with my life. And my life is amazing. And my parents are happy with where I'm at in my life. So if you had told me or them 20 years ago that this is where I would end up, I think they might have keeled over or had a heart attacks. I found myself in a great career in technology. I am not a doctor or a lawyer. I didn't have it in me. But that being said, I'm so much happier doing what I do versus ending up in careers that just were, I was not suited for. I'm married to a man who is not Pakistani. I married outside of my ethnicity and religion. I married an outsider and every single person in my family loves him and adores him. And if you would have told me that that was possible for my conservative family to accept me being married to an outsider, I would have told you that you were crazy. I have two biracial daughters who are so intelligent and so funny, and everyone who meets them falls in love with them. And all these aspects of my life are so ideal and perfect in my opinion, and probably in my parents' opinion now. And if you had shown us this picture 20 years ago, they would have been so disappointed and they would have said, see, this is where you're going to end up and you're going to be miserable and we're going to be miserable. And that is simply just not the case. That is not where we're at. Maybe right now these things don't seem ideal or perfect for you or doing things differently, finding your own path doesn't seem possible. But I would encourage you to venture out and try to come to a compromise, try to do things differently, try to find your own path, it can lead you to an amazing place. And for all the parents out there who are really struggling with raising your kids in this liberal society in this Western world that's so different from the one you grew up in, I would also encourage you to ask yourself, at what cost do you want your children to abide by all your rules and all your morals and all your values. Because if it's at the cost of alienating them and causing them to live a secret life or be deceitful, do things behind your back, then is it worth it? Are you winning as a parent? Are you successful as a parent? If they feel they can't even come to you with their truth, I would really urge you to ask yourself that question. If you can find your own path, to a life that you truly want and feel at home in. And if you can allow your kids freedom of choice and the freedom to make mistakes and learn from them, you can actually make your kids more resilient and more intelligent and more successful. You know, I think every parent wants extraordinary children and hyper-intelligent children until they have to raise extraordinary children or hyper-intelligent children. 
really smart kids or really high functioning kids are incredibly hard to raise. They question everything. They don't listen the first time. They don't just do what you say. They love to push boundaries. They're fiercely independent. They like to figure things out themselves and they don't take what you say as gospel. And I think in immigrant families, there is this idea that all the kids should grow up to be ultra successful. But a lot of times in this Western world, especially in corporate America, I can tell you that the ultra successful, the leaders, they are people who push boundaries. They probably give their parents a really hard time growing up. They didn't just listen to everything that was told to them. They tried things out, they learned from their mistakes, and they came up with their own opinions. And I think that if you want to raise kids who will end up being very successful and high-functioning and be leaders, then you need to give them the space and the freedom to do so. You need to give them the ability to create that and to manifest that and to grow into that. So in a nutshell, what I'd like to get across on this episode is that you might feel like your situation is hopeless and you can't be yourself and also have a healthy, loving relationship with your family. And I don't think that's true. I think there is a way to find balance, be able to be yourself and find your own path and also find a way to have a healthy relationship with your parents. And I think for parents, just because your kids aren't like you or they don't live their life the way you lived yours growing up or in a they're in a different world in a different society you know they have different morals and values than you do that doesn't mean that they're bad kids or bad daughters or bad sons they love you they want to make you happy but they also want to be themselves and I hope that we can all find a way to accomplish that. Thank you for listening to the Good Daughter Podcast with me, Misha Good. If you've enjoyed today's episode and it has helped you think about how to deal with your cultural conditioning and family expectations, please subscribe to the show and I'd love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram at the Good Daughter Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.